Hi everyone, it's Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today we're going to continue talking about relationships and specifically about feminine mystery and becoming a woman of strength and dignity. Now we've covered some of this before in the podcast that talks about testing a man's true character, but I want to go deeper into this subject because it can be confusing. Well, how do I become a woman of feminine mystery today, especially in a world that does not value feminine mystery in any way? Let's take a look at what feminine mystery really is. In Proverbs 31:25, it says that strength and dignity are her clothing and she smiles at the future. Those two lines are very key to be right next to each other, and I'll explain why. The femininity of today's world exudes the opposite of strength or dignity. If you think about it, today's femininity is often weak, desperate for approval and attention, and very undignified. It's self-promoting and in-your-face. And I believe The reason why is found in the next line of that verse. A woman of strength and dignity smiles at the future. Because when we are not satisfied in Christ, we can't smile at the future. Therefore, we can't have the strength and the dignity that the Proverbs 31 woman has. Instead, we throw our feminine mystery to the wind in an attempt to get the one thing that we think will secure our future and make us happy. You see this all the time with girls who throw themselves at guys and aggressively pursue guys. It's very undignified. It's very weak. It's very in your face. And yet the reason a girl oftentimes does that is she's not smiling at the future. She is not satisfied in Christ. She thinks that unless she has a guy or this particular guy, she can't possibly be happy. And that's the first thing that's going to cause feminine mystery to disappear from a woman's life. When we are not finding our fulfillment in Christ and we think that having a guy or a string of guys or a certain guy is the only thing that's going to make us happy. In 1 Timothy 5, 11 through 12, it talks about a pitfall that young women can fall into. Paul says, when they feel sensual desires in disregard of Christ, they want to get married, thus incurring condemnation because they have cast off their first faith. Talking about a woman who is committed to Christ and then suddenly she starts to feel like, you know, these desires for marriage that I have are more important than my relationship with Christ and casting off her first faith. So many Christian women today fall into this pitfall. To cast off their first faith in this verse literally means to disregard their convictions about putting Christ above all else and to believe that something besides Christ can bring them ultimate happiness. Now, it's true that marriage is is a very um, wonderful thing. It can add a lot of joy and happiness to our life. But if that's what we're looking for, for our happiness, or I have to have the attention of this guy, I have to have this relationship for happiness, then we're missing the source of all true happiness. And we won't be able to conduct our lives with strength and with dignity and with feminine mystery because we're in desperation trying to gain the one thing we think is going to make us happy. So with single women... An example of of a woman who has thrown her feminine mystery out the window, she'll do whatever it takes to find her Prince Charming. She posts selfies, gets on online dating sites, incessant flirting with guys. If a typical modern woman is interested in a guy, what she normally does is texts him multiple times a day and share intimate details of her personal life with him and continually sends him her most flattering selfies to keep him interested in her. Because she believes that if he can finally be enamored with her, 
she will be happy and she's desperate to try anything to get his attention. Flirting is very similar to this. It's just a way to draw attention to self instead of to Jesus Christ. And a lot of girls ask me, well, what's what's the harm in flirting? Is flirting really a bad thing? But it's drawing attention to self instead of to Jesus Christ. And if you wouldn't flirt with a guy after marriage, it doesn't make a lot of sense why you would flirt with a guy before marriage. We've talked about in Proverbs 31 how it says a wife of godly character does her husband good and not harm all the days of her life. So if if you're truly wanting to honor your future husband and he was standing there watching you flirt with these other guys, how would he feel? And that question can very easily answer itself if you just stop and think about it. The opposite of feminine mystery is a woman who pursues men. And it's described very well in Proverbs 7, 10 through 13. It's talking about an immoral woman. It says, Behold, a woman comes to meet him, dressed as a harlot and cunning of heart. She is boisterous and rebellious. Her feet do not remain at home. She is now in the streets, now in the squares, and lurks by every corner. So she seizes him and kisses him, and with a brazen face she speaks to him. Now think about the qualities of this immoral woman. She's flirtatious towards guys. She's always on the prowl for a guy. She strategically positions herself to be noticed by guys. She dresses, speaks, and acts seductively. She manipulates and draws guys to herself. She's physically aggressive towards guys. And what is the end result of this kind of behavior? In Proverbs 7, 25 through 27, it says, Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. For she has cast down many wounded, and all who were slain by her were strong men. Her house is the way to hell, descending to the chambers of death. That's pretty sobering, especially when you consider the fact that that list right there that I just read, a woman who's flirtatious on the prowl for guys, strategically positions herself around guys, acts seductively, manipulates guys, physically aggressive towards guys, that really enunciates the way most modern young women act and behave. And yet God says this is the path that leads to death, both in her own life and in the life of the men that she ensnares. On the flip side, there are two biblical women that I wanted to look at really quickly who exude feminine mystery in just an amazing way. And the first is Mary, the mother of Christ. Even the very beginning of her calling to become the mother of Christ, she demonstrates a heart attitude that is so surrendered, an attitude that says, I'm going to lay down my own agenda and become the handmaiden of the Lord. And that's what she says to the angel in Luke 138, behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Just a complete surrender, not knowing what the future would hold, not knowing how this would affect her life, but a complete surrender to what God wanted to do in her life, not manipulating, not grasping for her own rights. What a beautiful picture of, of strength and dignity. And then in Luke 2, 19, after so many of these miraculous things had happened with the birth of Christ, it says that Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And to keep in that verse means to guard, to protect, and to keep within oneself. And of all the people who would have a reason to go rushing around the countryside and, you know, blabbing all these exciting things that were happening in her life, you know, if social media had been around back then, you know, she would have every reason to be posting all about this all over social media. But it says she kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She had discretion. She understood how to guard and protect and keep the sacred things that God had entrusted to her. And that is such an amazing picture of feminine mystery. God has entrusted each of us as women 
with sacred things, our hearts, the intimate desires and and things that God's placed deep within us and our femininity and our physical body and all of these things that he designed to be sacred. And instead of guarding and protecting and being discreet with those things, we so often throw them to the wind. And in so doing, we lose that strength and that dignity that God has designed us to have. Another great picture of feminine mystery in scripture is the story of Ruth. Here was a woman who, again, laid down her own agenda and chose humility and discretion over selfish pleasure when she is faced with that choice of whether to leave Naomi after the death of her husband and go back to her own people. And what she knows, she says to Naomi, she clings to her and says, Entreat me not to leave you or turn back, turn me back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. And your people shall be my people and your God, my God. That is a complete giving up of her own will, her own agenda, submitting herself entirely to Naomi and to Naomi's God. And that must have been a very difficult and selfless decision for her to make. And then later in the story, you know, it's easy to look at Ruth and think, hey, this woman's really aggressive towards men because she went and she laid down at the feet of Boaz while he was sleeping and she's really making it known that she wants to marry him. But he says something to her in Ruth 3, 10 through 11, which is very revealing about the motives and why she was doing those things. He says, blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning and that you did not go after young men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request for all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. She had the opportunity, obviously, according to what he's saying here, to run after young men. That probably would have been more in alignment with what she naturally would have gravitated toward for a husband. Instead of this older man, you know, who's so much older than she is, and she doesn't really know him that well. But Naomi has asked her to make herself available to marry this man, to become a redeemer, a kinsman redeemer for their family. And again, it's an act of surrender and obedience that she does what she did and go goes to lay down at the feet of Boaz while she's sleeping. It's an act of submission and surrender. And so don't misunderstand the story of Ruth thinking, well, here's a woman who really pursued a guy. This is a woman who was virtuous. She was so virtuous that everyone in the entire town could see that she was a virtuous woman. She wasn't a aggressive, pursuing, selfish type of woman. She was a virtuous woman who was submitted and yielded to Naomi and to Naomi's God. Elizabeth Elliot said that the essence of true femininity is surrender. And that is what you can see in both Mary and Ruth's life. They were both surrendered to God. You cannot possibly have the strength and the dignity that God designed you to have, as it says in Proverbs 31, if you are not surrendered to him, because you're always going to be fighting for your own agenda and trying to manipulate other people to get what you want. But when you're surrendered, you can exude strength and dignity because your strength and your hope is in Jesus Christ and he is unchanging. Here's some practical ways that you can begin cultivating feminine mystery in your life starting today. And probably at the top of the list would be guarding your digital life, especially if you're single and in your interactions with the opposite sex, because technology has made it extremely easy for single women to try to snag a guy. I mean, all you really need to do is set up an impressive online dating profile, and you'll probably draw some interest within a few days. 
And I've heard people say, you know, if a woman today is lonely, she can just get on the internet and shop for a man. And if a girl wants to get a guy's attention, she just needs to make a lot of digital noise, which means, you know, text him multiple times a day or send him a bunch of flattering selfies to get him to notice her. We have to be on guard against these digital purity pitfalls that surround us today. If you think about a woman who is putting her profile up on an online dating site and trying to prove to men why she's a good catch, in my opinion, that's the opposite of feminine mystery. It, it shows a sense of desperation of saying, you know, I need to somehow prove to guys that they should like me, that they should want me. And that's such a far cry from the dignity and the strength that God designed us to have. And it also reveals a lack of trust in God, that he can bring a man into your life in his perfect time and way. And that man can can observe your life without you having to do a big presentation about why he should like you. It's kind of like, you know, a woman standing in front of a, a whole auditorium full of single men and doing a slideshow presentation about all her qualities and trying to prove to all these guys why they should like her. It's, it's very undignified. And yet we treat it as so normal today. Or you take the idea of sending selfies to guys. Imagine the heroine of, you know, a classic Jane Austen novel sending self-portraits to a potential suitor, you know, constantly all day long. It just would be laughable. Those those old-fashioned romance stories are fictional, but they do paint a picture of dignity, honor, and feminine guardedness. Because in those old stories, it was like a man had to prove that he was worthy of a woman's heart. And that's really how God designed it to be. It's such a far cry from the here I am in your face world of selfies. I believe that selfies cheapen a woman's feminine dignity. Posting selfies in an effort to impress a guy makes you seem desperate for attention. And it also entices guys with your physical looks instead of allowing guys to be drawn to the light of Christ shining through your inner life. So if we go back to the verse in Matthew 16, 24, it says that we are to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow Christ. And that literally means to lose sight of ourselves and our own interests. So that includes the area of interacting with guys. We need to make sure that our focus is pointing them to Jesus Christ and not to ourselves. So when you let go of online dating profiles and selfies and constantly texting guys and being aggressive towards them in the digital world... That's a very important step in self-denial, trusting in God, and building feminine mystery. It doesn't mean that all selfies are bad. If you want to, you know, send a selfie to your grandma, you know, a picture of your smiling face, that's great. Or, you know, if you're married, send one to your spouse, that's fine. But in the issue of trying to snag a guy or impress a guy with selfies, that's a dangerous road to go down. Online dating is the same thing. It, it's just deplorable that people think they can get online and go shopping for a spouse and, and, you know, oh, I've got all these options now. I can find exactly what I am looking for. Imagine not being in a hurry to find a spouse, but being completely at rest in God's perfect timing, not being desperate for a relationship, but joyfully content with where God has you right now. Imagine being free from the pressure to somehow prove to guys that you are a good catch. So I just encourage you to let God, not a company or an online dating service, be your matchmaker because he cares more about this area of your life than you could ever imagine. And one of the ways to guard your feminine mystery is to simply trust him in this area of your life. I know people always say, well, God's given me a responsibility to, you know, God can't steer a parked car. 
God can steer a parked car if he wanted to. I mean, he created the heavens and the earth. I don't think he's limited. If he gives you a step to take, then take it. But it's probably not going to be through an online dating site or trying to throw your feminine mystery out the window to try to snag a guy. Let's take a closer look at the area of how to put boundaries around your digital life. Another big pitfall when it comes to losing your feminine mystery is to post everything that you're thinking and feeling on social media or on your own personal blog. And we've talked about this in previous podcasts, but women have become so comfortable with this that it's like her own diary turned inside out for the world to see there's no discretion and there's no guardedness. And it's approved and applauded by the church as being, oh, she's so authentic and she's so real. But what about discretion? What about holding back? What about guarding mystery? You have to remember that girls who post their intimate thoughts, desires, and future dreams on blogs or on social media are basically inviting guys to read their own personal diary. And sometimes that's often not anything more than creatively cloaked flirting. And flirting, whether it's digital or otherwise, does not belong in the life of a woman who desires to bring glory to the name of Jesus Christ. So my encouragement to you is to make sure that every word you tweet, text, or post truly honors God and blesses your future husband instead of just drawing attention to you. Some ways that you can do this, look at your motives. Why are you on social media? Are you trying to draw attention to yourself? And look at your time. Are you letting the digital world consume too much of your time? Look at your awareness of those around you. Are you so preoccupied with your phone that you don't even notice people around you? These are sure signs that this area of your digital life has gotten out of its place. Another way to guard feminine mystery is to guard your thought life. And I don't just mean taking thoughts captive, which is very important to do. When you're attracted to a guy or you're distracted by thoughts of a guy, practice taking those thoughts captive. Instead of letting your mind just run away with you and fantasizing about, you know, what it would be like to be married to this guy, begin praying for someone who's unsaved or meditating on scriptures. Don't buy the lie that the only way you can be happy is if this guy notices you. If it's not God's best for you, if this man is not God's best for you, it's better for you not to be married to him than just to be with someone who you think is the right choice for you. So learn how to take your thoughts captive. Being attractive to a guy is not wrong, but allowing attraction to a guy to overtake your mind and your thoughts is where the pitfall lies. But another way that you can guard your thought life is to not let cultural ideas and mentalities shape your perspective on purity and femininity. There was a group of girls I was talking with a number of years ago, Christian girls who desired to be set apart, but they were talking about their favorite movie. And it was a movie that glorified immorality in so many ways. And yet they felt that it was completely fine because it had some elements of, you know, heroism and purity in it. And There was another girl I met who had grown up in a Christian home. She knew the Bible, but she came to the belief that affairs were fine as long as you were having an affair with your true soulmate. And the reason she thought this was because she had allowed Hollywood to shape her thinking on romance. It's like, well, I've seen so many movies where someone was just in agony because they were married to someone, but then they found their true soulmate over here and they just had to go have an affair with them. Well, that's just Hollywood's glamorization of sin. It says in Song of Solomon 2, 7, young women, I charge you, do not stir up or awaken love until the appropriate time. And I think through so many of these ungodly movies, novels, and magazines, we are letting the culture shape our ideas on purity, 
and femininity and awaken and stir up love and sensual desires before the appropriate time. So be guarded with your thought life. Be guarded by what you watch and listen to. Another way to cultivate feminine mystery is to guard what is sacred. Just like Mary, who kept the sacred things that God had entrusted to her, we are called to keep and guard and protect the sacred things that God has entrusted to us. It says in 2 Timothy 1.14, guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure which has been entrusted to you. God has entrusted us with our feminine dignity, purity, the private inner workings of our heart, and these things are not to be thrown to every man who looks our way but are to be carefully protected, first and foremost for God, and then also, if he has called us to marriage, for the man whom we will enter into a lifelong covenant with. So two ways to do this, guard what you share. Don't just share anything and everything with a guy. I've seen so many girls who just share their deepest desires, their fears, their struggles, personal things that really should be saved for just those few trusted close people in their life, but they willingly and freely share those with young men or on social media. And also what you show, how you dress, how you allow the world to see your body. First Timothy 2.9 says, I want the women to dress modestly with decency and propriety. Decency here means a sense of honor and a regard and a respect for others. And propriety means soundness of mind and self-control. So if you think about honoring and respecting those around you by not flaunting your physical body and putting a stumbling block in a man's way by the way that you dressed, and also having soundness of mind and self-control in your dress. And we could probably do a whole episode on modesty, but these are just a few key principles for it. And I know there are a lot of excuses, you know, men are responsible for guarding their own eyes and God made my body and I shouldn't be ashamed of it. And I can't, you know, help it if men think I'm flirting with them. I'm just an outgoing person. But all of those questions really remind me of the question that I always asked in youth group growing up, which is how far is too far? You're constantly wondering what you can get away with, how much compromise you can allow in, as opposed to saying, Lord, how can I go, how far can I go to honor you and honor the people around me in this area of my life? As women, we often complain about the fact that today's men don't protect a woman's honor and dignity, but instead of pointing the finger at them, let's begin with ourselves. Men are responsible for their own actions and thoughts before God, but as women, our choices can either point men towards God's pattern or toward the sensual pattern of this world. If we want men to become better protectors of feminine honor, we must start by protecting our own. Remember that there is a balance to the new trend of authenticity in the body of Christ. We quickly lose our feminine mystery under the banner of I'm just being authentic, I'm just being honest by posting everything we think and feel on social media, gushing about everything to everyone. But the Bible has a lot to say about a woman being discreet and wise with her words. And as it says in Proverbs, a fool has no delight in understanding, but in expressing his own heart. So if all we're thinking about is expressing, 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 and posting and sharing and gushing, we are choosing the way of the fool. It's important to be genuine and authentic, but it has to be balanced with godly discretion, knowing when to share personal things and with whom you should be sharing them. We've talked about this in other podcasts, and we will probably do an entire podcast on this area of authenticity soon. But the bottom line is this. Ask God to show you if in any way you are throwing your feminine mystery to the wind because you're sharing things that should be left either to the prayer closet or to a few trusted mentors in your life. 
Some final thoughts that I want to share with you about feminine mystery. Instead of setting out to become a woman of mystery, the best thing that you can do is to build your life around Jesus Christ. And as you cultivate your relationship with him, as you find your greatest delight in him, you will automatically begin to exude the dignity, honor, and mystery that he designed you to possess. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. For more on this topic, please see our resources at setapartgirl.com and especially the new online course, Secrets to an Amazing Love Story, available in our online store. I pray that you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.